0: Welcome to the podcast for BraveTestimony.com. I think it starts with knowing uh, an understanding of the, uh, the spiritual beings that are involved and how they got to where they are and what kind of what their roles are, what they're allowed to do. I mean, they're, they are governed by spiritual kind of rules. And uh, we need to know these things in, in order to take advantage of of them because what we don't know can hurt us in, in these areas. You know, there's God, the Holy spirit and Jesus and all others are created beings. I don't know all the details of, we don't know all the details of how the spiritual beings were created. From what I understand, the the angels were created first and they were, they had more, um, independence. I think then, uh, Than they do now to begin with, because when you look at the the biblical record, there was the angels had a choice to whether to serve God or not. Actually, Lucifer decided not to. He wanted to put himself first and he refused to give God uh, his place as supreme commander, leader. Lucifer wanted that. He refused to worship God. He thought it, he himself was was more beautiful because he he did have incredible um, responsibility and power and position. There was a, there's a hierarchy through the spiritual beings, and he decided to uh, to be selfish and led a rebellion against God, and took from what uh, well we think it's a third of the angels with him. It comes from the scriptures that said, I saw a third of the stars falling to the, to the ground, to the earth. And since God defeated him and sent him and those angels to the earth, they became uh, the, the demon world that we know now. And they, there is a hierarchy. There are principalities and powers and levels uh, over different things in the earth. And when we are getting into deeper levels of, of spiritual warfare getting into uh, principalities over cities over countries jesus still is the most powerful name uh over over overall the name of jesus the blood of jesus conquers everything now in our own lives in our families um there there's a lot more in in the scripture as to how to handle those kind of situations and I'll, i'll uh time to get get into that um so anyways Angels, demons, uh, angels are ministering spirits sent to uh, comfort us, to help us, to battle for us, uh, join us in our battle against the enemy. And we can actually call on them to help us. Um, David, I think in the Psalms, actually calls on the angelic host to, to sing and praise and worship with him. And uh, we need to know that these guys are on our side. We're not in this battle alone, along with Jesus, Um, the demons. So what happened was, yeah, um, God kicked them all out of heaven, uh, removed them from their places of authority and then kind of locked that that system in with the angels and with the demons. And. uh, I guess, took away some of the, the independence that they had, you know, said, now you make a choice. You serve me, and you cannot change your mind anymore. Or you, or you don't, and you, there is no going back. There was that was the line. Um, then God created the, the heavens and earth, people, and um, He gave Adam, gave man, dominion and authority and power over the earth um, to represent Him, to be His ambassadors, to carry God's authority and power in the earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, what they did was give up that authority and power to Satan. And he then became the the prince of the power of the air over the the earth, the world as as we know it. And then when Jesus came and died on the cross as a perfect sinless sacrifice, justice was met. Uh, forgiveness was satisfied. Um, God's wrath was satisfied completely. Once for all, Jesus went to hell, got those keys back, the authority um, from Satan that we were originally given, and he's now given it back to us. Amen. Satan has no authority over us. Amen. His biggest thing is to make us think that he does. And uh, he's awfully good at it. He is a wise and cunning and, like, he's been around a long time. He knows how to do his job. He's very good at it. And that's why deception is really the only way that he can operate. And he is the father of lies. Every If his lips are moving, he's lying, right? So we need to learn to discern that. when. Uh, you know, we're learning in group about, you know, learning to recognize the lies that we've been believing. We also need to learn to recognize lies that Satan has perpetrated over our over our family, over our community, over our church, over our town, over our country. You know, so many levels, uh, culture, and you can see it in, in many cultures around the world, the different kind of lies that they have bought into. And he, he also then brings in, of course, shame and guilt and uh, regret um, to, to reinforce those lies. So uh, there's, there's also two kind of main worldviews regarding spirituality. Uh, they're starting to get a lot more mixed, I think, and it's the East and the West, the Eastern um, religions were were more leaning towards um, believing too much in the power of the spirit world with uh, especially um, animistic religions like in in Africa and in the jungles where they believed you know there were spirits attached to absolutely everything and they were afraid of everything and not because partly they didn't understand a lot of natural things that uh, could be explained away they um they would believe them to be demons and in the western way of thinking it's gone the opposite way we're worshiping science and believing that we can uh, explain everything away that we don't need to uh you know explain everything in terms of spiritual influence and so there's those two um two different ends of the spectrum And uh, we need to learn to be in the middle and to always be asking, you know, what is the, what are the natural components of this? What are the spiritual components of of what I'm facing? And, and respond appropriately. And uh, so uh, you have to look for for that kind of thing. So we have been given uh, absolute power and authority over everything in this world. You know, not just. Um, not just the evil spirits, but everything, this earth. Like I have a friend who uh, was out for a walk and this dog started, you know, growling and advancing on him. He was just like, in the name of Jesus, come here and lift my hand. Dog did it, he was fine. You know, we do have that kind of authority over this earth. We don't think of using it in that way, uh, but that's kind kind of cool. Um I think what what Graham was even saying to us earlier, the only things that Satan can do to us are what we give him permission to. And that that comes from um unbelief or wrong beliefs, even we can have may have in the past had had teaching that was either incorrect or we understood it incorrectly. And it's stuck in our minds, and Satan has, uh, has, um, has influenced that and solidified it or made it stronger in our thinking. And unless it's uh, identified uh, there, then we need to deal with it, renounce it, and repent and go forward with the new correct belief systems. Um, it's it's not um, and in the end it's, it's not a power struggle between us and and the spirit world either the spirits of darkness it is it can be more characterized as a truth um, truth conflict it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that defeats the enemy um, and so we need to always be on the lookout for truth, always looking to learn new truths, always looking to apply new truths to our to our thinking, to our beliefs, to our attitudes, and then we'll see that change our our perspectives and our and our actions because. Our minds and our hearts are changed, are transformed. That's what taking captive every thought, what that's about. Um, our position in Christ, uh, the power and authority that he has given us. We, and, and the Bible says far more times that we are in Christ than it says he is in us. So let's just tell you something that's more important. To take that, like you know, asking Jesus into your heart—that's that seems to be the main thing that we emphasize, right? Well, really, the more important, the more amazing thing that is that we are in Christ. Right. Satan has to come through Christ before he gets to us. But where we let him, that's when um, he has influence. And that's what he does have when we allow, you know, wrong thoughts, uh, attitudes, beliefs to get in the way. Then Satan has influence over us. We cannot be um, possessed by an evil spirit. We are possessed by God. We are sealed in the Holy Spirit. Um, That is never in question. But what does happen is Satan has legal ground because we have sinned. In our hearts, in our thoughts, wherever, he has legal ground to influence us and in our thinking from there. Um, he does not, however, he's not able to read our thoughts, I believe. And that's an important thing for many people to, to find out. You know, he cannot read our thoughts, but he is a very, very good study of the human mind. Sure. So, he, you know... <laughs> He, he can tell by what just the things you're doing what you're thinking, but he can he is he can influence our thoughts. He can place ideas and thoughts in our minds. Like just think of when you've had you know a thought crosses your mind and you go, "Wow, where the heck did that come from?" Right? It didn't come from God. Right. So um, there's a good, a very good chance it came from him enemy, and you can take that thought captive. Yeah. And not, you don't have to believe everything you think. You don't have no. to act on everything you think. Uh, some people you know, say they don't have a filter. This, everything that comes into their head comes straight out their mouth. Well, you don't have to be that way. Right. So um, then recognizing when, when Satan has a foothold, Starts influencing thoughts and really hammering away at one area in your life. And this is what we're all at, are facing or have faced with addictions to porn or drugs. Or and Drugs will have a, a physical component. Actually, porn will have a physical component to it. You know, the, the hormones and the adrenaline that comes with it, there's a physical part to that addiction, right? Uh, I remember reading about about that and and the adrenaline rush and i started to recognize an adrenaline rush in my spine when i was starting to go towards you know going into some porn to get some get a a cheap high whatever i I could feel it in in my spine and that started that would give me a warning signal okay wake up and take control um so anyway we'll keep hammering away at one area until it becomes a stronghold and that is like a, a mindset that is devoid of hope of any change in in that area of your life right that's good and and those things can be broken that's also how they can be recognized is that there's no hope i got to the point where yeah i i had no hope that i could be free of of the sexual fantasy addiction that I had. Anytime Satan just popped a little idea into my head or I saw something in the corner of my eye, boom, my mind would just be gone into a sexual fantasy. And I was, I pretty much, I lost hope that that would ever change. But then I learned these mechanisms and I learned also that we can speak directly to the spirits of darkness. Jesus did obviously on earth, so we can too. And how to do it? Not presumptively, but with with knowing our our power and authority and position in Christ. Recognizing the deception that we are facing, that we are fighting, and uh, we we were taught this uh, yellow card thing, where in it um, it just gave a couple steps of. Uh, speaking directly to the spirits of darkness, confronting them, um, naming what they are, you know, spirit of lust, spirit of lying, spirit of uh, whatever it is, spirit of pornography, um, stop and listen. And we would use it, use some scripture because God's word is living and powerful. It's the sword of the spirit. And it's it's like we were... Just, you know, coward in a corner getting beaten and beaten and beaten and you take some scripture and a sword and you start waving it around and all of a sudden you find out you can lift your head because you resist and you will flee. Amen. Resistance with the word of God is important. It's powerful and active. And um not only, like it says, cutting ourselves down to the core, but cutting the enemy down as well. It's good. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it, it it helps us if we find a scripture that really speaks to that problem we're facing. But it doesn't have to be. I mean, Any scripture <laughs> is powerful. And it doesn't have to be word for word, you know, perfect either. Because it's, it's a translation anyways, what we use in English. So I would say he knows, actually knows the word better than we do. So uh, he knows when we we're using, using it against him. So using some scripture, claiming the blood of Jesus and the power and authority of Jesus yeah. over the enemy, and then um, telling them to leave in the name of Jesus. Take your influence, take your crap, and leave me now in Jesus' name. And then, um, and then we would uh, ask the Father to fill us, fill that space that... The spirits of darkness have left with, you know, whatever it is that is kind of the, the antidote, love, peace, joy, you know, maybe sent fruit of the spirit to replace because we want that to replace and displace the work, the, the space. We're taking ground back. Come on. We're reclaiming surrendered ground. And, You know, putting up a stake in the ground saying, We've taken this back and you are not allowed to be here again. Now he's going to come back and test you to see if you really mean it. Yeah. Or to see if, you know, uh, yeah, are are you sure? (laughs) Did God really say? That was his original line, right? In Genesis, did God really say? And we go, Yes, he did. It's right here. And continue to, and then, um renounce any effect that your you know of of that darkness that had been in your life renounce any effects of that over yourself and then that extends to your family as well because it it can have your spiritual the darkness and you can have an effect on your own family too um, and so you as we break those strongholds, it also breaks strongholds over our families, Um, whether we're fathers, whether we're brothers, uh, you know, different levels, even as, as kids. Um, So anyways, that's uh, another area of spiritual warfare would be what to wear to the battle. Ephesians is giving, gives us uh, spiritual armor. And I remember, you know, always thinking of the you know the shield and the the breastplate and the shoes and the belt and all that. And when I was going to teach this this Sunday school lesson, I was I was just struggling for a way to really get that to, to be meaningful to me. And God told me to just turn it around. I take faith as my shield. I take truth as my, is that the belt? Yeah. Um, I take um, salvation as my helmet. And so then you're thinking of, of the actual concept, the truth, rather than the, the physical representation. And I found that really helped me to, to apply those things because I could picture, you know, my salvation as my helmet. Guarding my thoughts and my mind in Christ Jesus. I can yes. picture the truth um, binding together all the things that I've learned and experienced and, and the growth. And my faith is that breastplate that shields me from, faith is the shield, shields me from the arrows of the enemy. And I found that kind of, I found that really helpful. And, uh, and there's, there's people who say, you know, we have to put on our, spirit, our spiritual armor every morning. And that's a good thing, and then I remember a teacher said one elderly gentleman who said, "I sleep quite well in my armor, thank you." <laughs> so I don't know i I confess I don't put it on every day, but when I think of it, then I do and uh, I, I don't I don't want to put any you know concern or guilt on anyone for not doing it, but just encourage doing it often, reminding yourself of that armor that we have. Uh, remembering that and Jesus has us covered by his blood. It's good. Uh, a couple of examples in, in my life, like where I talked about the that stronghold of of addiction to sexual fantasies. Then when when I learned about confronting the powers of darkness in that area of my life, I did it that the night that we had learned about it Cindy and I were driving home from Saskatoon we had about a 45 minute drive that we took every Sunday night to go to these classes and we both we were talking about this and and I confess to her the level of, of bondage that I was in she knew I struggled but she didn't know the level to which I did and that was hard for her to hear too she didn't um, really show it so much as at the time, but she's told me about it since, and and I'm glad that she was strong at, at that time to you know to be able to listen, and because uh, we were learning this um, together, it was a really cool time in our, in our life, and, and she had things that she was confessing too and, and getting freedom from, but it, so when uh, you know I confessed that to her, and then. I took out the yellow card and I went through that in you know renouncing or telling the, the spirits of sexual fantasies to, to leave me and all that went through that, spoke to them and prayed and, and all that, and I I didn't feel any different. But I said to myself, this is real, and I believed it. And and I, I got myself several verses that uh, applied to the to the situation and when whenever the temptation came back and and i knew i was going into a spiral and sometimes i would make it you know i'd go in part way and, and then remember and i would apply those verses again and i would use the yellow card again and it was about a month later that i realized that the power of those temptations had dropped to almost nothing. The temptations were still coming, but I had very little trouble, um, recognizing them, capturing that thought and defeating it. So good. In Jesus name. And I thought, wow, this is what it means to have freedom, freedom from the power of sin over me. And, uh, yeah, that was that was really powerful, and that was the real start of a, a change in my life, getting out of that cycle of, of uh, despair and hopelessness. And we've used it, and we've taught our kids to it, and we've seen them use it several times with some amazing results. I like what um, Bill Johnson says. Uh, he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about the, the devil. It's mainly. Uh, Taking the time to draw a bead on his forehead, <laughs> you know, take him out and go back to following Jesus. We need to keep focusing, keep our focus on Jesus because that's um, if you know it can be just as bad if you're looking for demons behind every bush. You're you're totally distracted and tied up by spiritual warfare. And then Satan takes advantage of you and that. Keeps you totally distracted from growth if you're just on the defensive all the time.